welcome to the Relationship Recovery Podcast, hosted by Jessica Knight, a certified life coach who specializes in narcissistic and emotional abuse. This podcast is intended to help you identify manipulative and abusive behavior, set boundaries with yourself and others, and heal the relationship with yourself so you can learn to love in a healthy way. Thank you for being here today. This is actually a really hard topic for me to talk about because my ex-partner, the father of my child, seems to stalk my social media. He does it when my kids are around. And it really bothers me because he only has such limited time with her. And I just don't, you know, I, I even have like photos of him in her room so she feels connected and it's just not not what I think is appropriate but it makes me afraid to talk a bit about my story and it makes me afraid to talk about my strategies because I don't well one I don't want my daughter overhearing some of this because she struggles enough already and every time that I've ever explained how I felt about something it's been thrown back in my face in some way so if you feel like I'm being cryptic in this episode. I am. If you work with me privately one-on-one, I do typically share my story and things that have helped, things that have hurt, places where I wish I knew better, things I've learned along the way in a more specific way with my private clients. But I wanted to say that and name that because it is really important for me to be authentic. And there really isn't anything that I don't want to share. I feel like I, I've been living a life that has felt a lot like an example for a really long time. And I, I experience when you're able to go through an experience and get to another side and feel like you can really help somebody. It, it almost makes the experience worth it. And so I just want to I just wanted to frame that and I, I'm sure you can tell I'm kind of stumbling on my words and I'm not trying to. It's just, it's really, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. And if you are in this place and if you're listening to this specific episode, I imagine you, you get it. And I don't really have to explain that anymore. And so I wanted to take a moment, well, I want to take an episode and talk about parallel parenting. And the purpose of this is because I'm getting more and more clients that are working or dealing with parallel parenting or co-parenting or struggling to co-parent. And parallel parenting can be really helpful. And if you haven't heard about it before, there are resources out there that basically will say a lot of the same things I'm going to say today. And it is a way for you to begin to detach from the idea of co-parenting, which can be quite difficult with somebody in a toxic relationship. And so I'm going to talk through a few strategies today that I have either found helpful in my own life or helpful in the lives of others. And this is absolutely something that if you work with me, we can talk about your specific situation and how it can help. When children are involved, it it's really complicated to co-parent in any relationship, let alone, you know, a toxic one. But co-parenting is only an option when both ex-spouses support the other parent and respect their right to have this positive relationship with their children. 
Parallel parenting is a defined method of co-parenting in which each parent has their own parenting approach when the children are with them. In parallel parenting, parents usually do not attend the same functions, appointments, or even child-related events. And if they do, they wouldn't sit together or even be expected to communicate. You only communicate about the kids. You talk about issues with the kids. And this is contrary to co-parenting. Co-parenting is an arrangement in which both parties continue to jointly participate in the child's upbringing and activities. Like these are the parents that you would see like talking or uh, engaging at like a baseball game or something like that, cheering the child on. This involves a substantial amount of interaction with the parents, both in public and in private. But when you're in a toxic situation, co-parenting can be a breeding ground for the toxic partner to control or manipulate. And when you try to co-parent with a narcissist or a toxic person, or even just a complicated person, especially in high conflict divorces or high conflict situations, a lot of the tools that you would use just don't work. And in the same way that couples therapy doesn't work for narcissistic relationship dynamics, co-parenting does not work either. And trying to co-parent and using co-parenting methods will just leave you feeling crazy, defeated, at the loss, because nothing will work as easily as it quote-unquote should. And this really just rocks your mental health. And when your mental health is rocked, you can't show up for yourself and your child the way that you want to. So parallel parenting is an arrangement where divorced parents are able to co-parent by the means of disengaging with each other and having limited direct contact in situations that they have demonstrated that they're unable to communicate. More often than not, I see or I work with the one parent that starts implementing these strategies to begin to step away from the conflict. Another way to think about this is if you notice every conversation spirals into conflict and no resolution is ever found, you can then assume it's probably going to continue to just go around in circles. And it's much easier for you to establish a different way of being in this relationship. A lot of times that has to come from within yourself first. I know in my situation, I was an am blamed for everything. And it's always through the lens of them thinking I'm manipulating on purpose. If my kid falls at school and has a bruise, it's my fault. If the babysitter left the phone at home, at the time of a scheduled call by accident, that's my fault. Every decision is hard. Everything feels like an argument. And in the past, everything led to a personal dig on me as a mother. It led me to not want to engage, but I had to engage and inform legally. And the truth is, I would have really liked some feedback. I would have liked to feel like we were aligned. But I learned that everything will be a fight and that's not good for me or my child. And so I had to embrace parallel parenting, or at least aspects of parallel parenting. And so I'm going to talk through some of those strategies that I work with client on ad- clients on adapting. The first thing and the overall theme is to limit any verbal communication and use email or online software. The online software for specifically designed for this is called My Family Wizard. And it stores everything, messages, schedules, expenses, that is logins for child accounts. And there's a tone meter which can flag abusive language, encouraging you to think before you press send. For the online software, you do need the other person to agree, but it can be helpful because then everything is stored in this one spot. This is something that can and is often court ordered in high conflict divorces. 
because the lawyers and the courts might can have access directly to it. But if you can't have that, I recommend leaning away from text messaging, moving everything to email. Sometimes this can feel harsh. Like, why do I need to eliminate texting? Shouldn't the other parent be able to message me? I hear a lot of, quote, I don't want them to feel, end quote, fill in the blank. But here's the thing. They don't care at all about how you feel. If they did, they wouldn't be causing any of the harm they're causing. They would want to work with you. They would see the role that you have in your child's life. So if you're feeling like this is unfair or not right, think about how you feel and how much it triggers you when you get into endless text battles. Think about how inappropriate it can be at times. Think about how many minutes, hours, or days you have lost to fighting battles with the other person, often just sometimes fighting those battles in your head. So it's not a wall to keep someone out. It's a boundary to keep you safe and to allow healthy communication to come through in some way. Most people implement this and then get flexible. They let the wall come down in some areas, but you will quickly be reminded why the wall is there and why it needs to be re-implemented. And this is important because it will allow you and us in coaching to address one specific issue, and that is to stop defending yourself and to focus on the needs of the child. You can do a ton of inner work on yourself, but when someone is attacking your parenting or the way that you saw something, which is gaslighting, the majority of that inner work goes out the window and all you will want to do is defend yourself. But that brings us to another step in parallel parenting, when you stop defending. I invite clients to read through the email and look for the part you actually have to respond to about the child and respond just to that. That's step one. When you take a step back, you look through all the bullshit and you respond to what actually needs to be responded to. When you don't do that, you find yourself in an endless string of emails where you are desperately trying to get this other person to see your side and they never will because they don't want to. In my situation, I didn't have the time to sit and respond to all the emails and the ways in which my words were twisted. When I did, I'd fall into a pattern of feeling like I could defend all day, but I learned the hard way that my words would never matter to them. So I needed to put my focus on what's important, my child and showing up for my child and showing up for my work and showing up for my life. Often, you know, when we are in a co-parenting relationship, we work together for the best needs of the child and, you know, for both, for both parents to come together in agreement and parallel parenting, that's not there. And that's, I don't feel like that's something talked about enough, but my loyalty and my focus is on my kid. So when my kid asks me, can you please tell daddy this, 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 it does have to go through a filter of, do I want to say this? Do I not want to say this? What is the benefit? What is the, you know, the pro, the con? Will this work itself out? And if the answer is, she really wants me to do this, or I want to advocate for her, or she's asked me this more than once, that's when I do it. And I release myself after. I'm not tied to the response. I kind of know what the response is. At the end of the day, my loyalty is to my kid. My loyalty is to advocate. And so if she's saying, I don't want this to happen, or I don't want this to be said, or I really want to go to this, can you ask this? I wait a bit. I ask if it continuously comes up or if it is like really important. But I, I help my daughter process wherever it lands. And I do not tell her if they listen, didn't listen, fought me on it, etc. Well, because the truth 
is, is that when you say less, when you respond with less, when you have a strategy around responding, it can really help you bring some of that power back into your own life. It moves you out of over-explaining and it stops giving the other person more words to manipulate. The way I see it is you are most likely the expert on your child and you are certainly the expert on yourself. So you don't need to be told how to parent by somebody who doesn't live with you anymore. In narcissism, there are strategies to deal with tough communication, toxic communication. The one that is most widely talked about is gray rock, which is basically speaking in a very minimal, non-emotional way. That's just one approach though. And it can be hard when dealing with children. Another one is to take gray rock and use a set of canned responses. I offer a freebie on my website for canned responses for dealing with toxic relationship patterns. Um, the link will be in the show notes, but I also work with clients to create their own rules and responses because every situation is different, especially when dealing with a child. But even with all these strategies, it is still heartbreaking to be in this place. Especially with young children, there is so much guilt and so much overwhelm about the family effects that the child are going, is going to have as a result. And you may feel like limiting the communication is adding to that, but limiting communication will help you make rules and guidelines for your home and normalize your home. And your ex-partner will make it for theirs. It will do far less damage than having your children stuck in the crosshairs. So before I go on to the next point, I just want to remind you that you can't co-parent with somebody who's unwilling to co-parent with you. Even when you try really hard, your children deserve to have a mentally strong parent or as mentally strong as a parent as you can be. And you need to do what is best for you so that you can parent your children effectively. Children thrive better when separate disengaged parents don't argue. With that said, I strongly advise you to limit flexibility within schedule changes and changes to the agreement in terms of like drop off pickups, things like that. There will be situations where phone calls and things like that need to be changed to adhere to vacation plans. And, you know, if you are at Disney World at 6 p.m. with your kid, it's not going to be the most ideal time for her to talk to the other parent. You know, you can take the extra step and say, hey, this is where we're going to be. How about we talk while we're at the hotel at 8 a.m. or whatever that might be. And so in those situations, what I tell people is you suggest it, you can advocate for it. You're not responsible for where it goes, but things will happen. Schedule changes will happen, but try and keep it as limited as possible. A lot of people will say things to me like, oh, he just wants to switch Thursday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Or we changed the weekend and now I don't even know which one is mine. Or I have plans, but I canceled them and now he has plans. Stop. I would try and stick to the agreement as much as possible. I've missed weddings because of mine. I will likely not spend my birthday with my child, although I will ask for it and try and work something out. I recommend trying to stay as close to it as you can. You will have to let go of some things because usually flexibility does not go both ways. And this will keep things as low conflict as possible. And if you do make an agreement, make sure it's an email. Document everything, especially if you are the custodial parent, make sure you have good records. A narcissist will believe that their feelings are facts. So if they act from this place, they will base their comments on how they feel or have felt, not the actual facts of the situation. 
With that said, and this is the last thing I want to touch on, is that it is really and vitally important to not allow the parent access to your personal life. It will only be used to manipulate you. Block them on social media, and if they find you somehow, block them again. They don't have a right to your personal information anymore, and they don't have a right to your plans or what you're doing, so long as it's not affecting your child. The more you share, the more ammo they have, the more information can be turned around, and it can and will be used against you. You know, one example I think of sometimes is a post on Instagram a really long time ago about the day I met my ex-boyfriend. I was having like a lot of fun. I felt like I looked beautiful that day. I am not somebody who drinks often. I had a few glasses of wine. I just felt like very alive that day. And I don't often like walk right up to somebody and connect with them, but I did. And like later on, somehow that was thrown in an email that I didn't even know he had access to this account and had nothing to do with the issue at hand. And it just, it makes you feel like you're living in this microscope that you don't want to, and that I don't choose to engage in. Um, And so that's something we haven't touched on, but this goes both ways. As much as I'm saying, don't let them have access to you, like don't have access to them. There's nothing you need to see. Focus on the child. If you can trust the child is safe when they're there, keep the focus on the child. The personal details and the things that come up, the child will tell you and you can address it from the parent point of view. But you don't need to see what they're doing either. You're divorced. So if there's a concern about the child, you can ask, they can ask, but chances are the answer will be manipulated or you won't even get one. The focus on parallel parenting invites both parents to focus on the child, not the conflicts. And if you're looking for more strategies on this, it is all over the internet. Um, and there's a really good video on YouTube by Stephanie Lynn Coaching. I will add this link to my show notes. But she did a video on co-parenting with a narcissist or a difficult person. And it's really good. And it touches on a lot of these strategies. Because the truth is that a lot of these strategies are cookie cutter in the same way that a lot of narcissists have the same qualities. They, a lot of things work the same. A lot of the same tools are applied. The way that you solve some of these issues are always going to be the same because the same strategies work because the personality traits are the same. I know it's going to feel weird and it might feel counterintuitive, but it's really going to help. And it's going to help you zero in on your own self and your own healing. And hopefully maybe one day lead you to a co-parenting relationship that actually works. But truthfully, I wouldn't focus on that right now. I focus on what's here and now. And in my case, it's my kid. It's my kid, my home, our safety. She's the center of my universe. And I know she feels that. And I want to keep her feeling that. And in my experience, you know, when my kid does come home dysregulated, you know, and I have to spend a lot of time and energy helping her calm down and get back to normal, I can't be dysregulated too. And so this is something I work with a lot of people on. If this is something that you're struggling with, I would advise you to really look up some of those resources and think about how they can fit into your life. And if you are interested in working with me, I would tell you to also look at all the areas in which that you don't want to, or the arguments you have against some of these and have that prepared for when we start working together, because it's going to come up. And if we are going to do some work on you and helping you feel more regulated, more in your life, more in your power we're going to have to set some boundaries on the onset. 
If you are interested in working with me, you can set up a free clarity call by going to my website, justgoodnightcoaching.com. Go follow me on Instagram at justgoodnightcoaching or at emotionalabusecoach. And thank you so much for being here. If this was helpful or if you do need a piece of advice, you can always email me at jessica at justgoodnightcoaching.com. 